And thank you so much for joining us again. It is a supersized Nightly Pleasures podcast, episode number 28. Erotica for Women will be living up to its name tonight. We have over an hour of fresh new stories for you today, starting off with something special, something a little bit different. This is the first whole two chapters of Ethan Radcliffe's Gentleman's Agreement. I hope you enjoy it. Chapter 1 Chad tied the knot in his tie perfectly, making one last crossover with the material. He scrutinized his image. Over the last year, he noted the silver strands that had begun to lightly streak his dark hair. Distinguished. Fuck that shit. Gray hair was a sign of aging. Chad was 37, and he saw that the years were creeping up on him. He had upped his weekly visits to the gym, working hard at keeping his body toned and lean, along with a decent six-pack. A smile crossed his handsome face. Clear skin, large dark eyes, a straight aquiline nose, and great bone structure could only describe Chad Henderson as hot. He slipped on his suit jacket, which fit him like a glove, and put the gift envelope in his jacket's inside pocket. Chad checked his watch. He'd be right on time for his friend Martin's wedding. Another one was biting the dust. He'd also told his best friend, John, he'd meet him there. John was bringing a date, and Chad would be flying solo. Laura wouldn't be with him. He was curious about the date John was bringing. They had a brief telephone conversation, and when he ventured to ask him about his date, John had been very secretive and mysterious. So, where did you meet her? Chad had asked. At a club. Was John's very short answer. You're back to clubbing, Chad said with audible amusement in his voice. It's not that kind of club. What other kind of club is there? Chad had joked. I gotta go, Chad, but let's meet for dinner. We can talk further. Sure, Chad said as John ended the call. Usually, John was a damn chatterbox, and Chad had found John's abruptness unusual. Chad didn't obsess too much over their conversation. Instead, his recent breakup with Laura was weighing heavily on his mind. He had wanted to pass on attending Martin's wedding without a date, but he decided to push aside his single status. Normally, Laura would have accompanied him, but she was now history. The invitation did ask for him and a guest, and at the time, he was bringing one, Laura. How quickly circumstances changed. He had called Martin at the last minute, telling him something had come up and Laura was unable to attend. He was thankful when there were no further questions from Martin. So now he sat alone at the cocktail hour, filling his face. Chad slipped another cracker with caviar into his mouth as he sat watching the guests enter the banquet hall. The tiny little egg snapped and crushed in his mouth. Not bad, he thought. He then began on the escargot. The heady aroma of garlic assaulted his senses. How delicious, he mused, while he tasted the perfectly cooked snail. At least the food was decent. Chad sucked down another snail, savoring the flavor, when his eyes settled on his best friend. John and his date entered the room, causing Chad to almost choke 
on his escargot. He caught the dark little tidbit in the back of his throat and coughed it up, spitting the snail into his crisp white napkin. Catching his breath, he managed to keep his composure. He coughed again, wiping his mouth with the napkin, taking another breath and one more glance in John's direction. Eyes focused, he scanned over John's tall, well-built frame. Even though John was only a year younger, he came off looking years younger because of his tousled blonde hair and youthful good looks. Chad had no problem always letting John take the spotlight. Up until lately, it never mattered very much to him. What now caught his attention was the woman with John. He let his eyes wander seductively over her. He'd seen imposing women before, but her tall, lithe body and auburn hair took his breath away. As they neared, he honed in on her cat-like emerald green eyes. Son of a bitch, he thought. Had his best friend, John Lassiter, been holding out on him? The decadent and devious thoughts running through his head caused warning bells to go off as the blood rushed to his cock. He grinned broadly, catching John's attention. It was obvious he irritated him because that small, nervous tick in John's right cheek was in full swing. Chad sat back in his chair and attempted to make eye contact with the beautiful woman, and when he did, their eyes locked. Now it was Chad who became unnerved as the tip of her pink tongue ran along her full bottom lip. Chad swallowed slowly. The corner of her mouth rose slightly as she smiled, or... Was that a smirk? She eyed him carefully from head to toe. He squirmed a bit in his chair from the intensity of her seemingly appraisal. Was she sizing him up? More warning bells rang loudly. Son of a bitch. She was looking him over, perhaps sniffing out her next victim. The hairs on the back of his neck bristled, and his cock twinged. The air around him was changed. Was he intimidated? If so, this was a first. Chad has surmised that John was fighting the urge to glance in his direction. As they matured, and especially over the last few years, they shared a few details about the women they dated. They kept their personal lives to themselves. When they met in college, they had some wild times, but, but they'd been young and sexually adventurous then. However... After their phone conversation, Chad had become more than curious. Meeting John for dinner put an end to his curiosity. He went back over their conversation. So, now about this club you joined, Chad asked. Is it a sex club? Christ, John, do you need a club to get sex? You're almost 37, wealthy and handsome. Are you having trouble getting a hard-on? John shook his head. It's not that kind of club. And no, I'm not having trouble getting a boner, Chad. I found I have a few peculiar kinks. Chad nearly choked on his martini. Kinks, he spat, grabbing a cocktail napkin to catch the spittle. Yes, kinks. Quirks. Call them what you like. Okay, so spit it out. I can tell by the inflection in your voice you're anxious to tell me. Yeah, I 
am. It's a BDSM club, and I met an amazing dom. She's older, sophisticated, and wealthy. Christ, John, you're kidding, right? What the fuck? Are you telling me you're kinky and you are also into pain? Seriously, I've seen your face crinkle up like a dried prune while watching movies where people are getting tortured. This is too funny. Chad sat back in his chair and raised an eyebrow. I hope these people you're associating yourself with. John interrupted him. They're doctors, lawyers, CEOs of large, reputable corporations, even school teachers. A few members are even in law enforcement. Judges? Okay, I get it. Upstanding citizens. Are you sure you know what you're doing? John sipped his corona. Yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing. Chad took a few more sips of his martini. I have to give you a lot of credit. That's where we're different. You're far more adventurous than I am. I heard about clubs that specialize in BDSM. It's not something I'd pull out of a hat. And the submissive thing you've talked about recently? Again, not for me because I have to be the one in control. Maybe that's why we get along so well. I know whatever I want to do. You'll always be game. John closed his eyes. That's called easygoing, Chad, and friendship. It's amazing how different we think. I'm attending a session Saturday night. Botany Bay is having a small get-together. I was invited because one of the mistresses wants to meet me. I caught her eye. Have fun, Chad said, staring straight ahead, trying to wrap his head around John's news. Aren't you the least bit curious? I can bring a friend. Want to come along? Chad took another sip of his martini. You're looking for something. I've already found who and what you are. John, you live in too many gray areas. For me, life is black or white. That's how I look at the world. Sometimes you dissect it. Go play at your club. I have no desire to join you. John guzzled down the rest of his corona. I want more, and I intend to get it. I'm not as easily appeased as you are. John, you don't understand me. I want more, too, and I have it. I'm wealthy, handsome, and can fuck any woman I want. That, my friend, is black. He put down his martini and gestured open palms with his hand. And white. You've made your point, Chad. I'll give you that. John slammed his empty bottle of Corona on the bar and then watched it fall and head towards the floor. Fuck, he mumbled, trying to catch it. Shit, he said to the bartender who caught it before it hit the floor. Sorry, man. Chad watched, giving his know-it-all sly grin. Am I? For a guy who claims he's so goddamn submissive, you do get pissed off easy. Maybe it's because of your fucking attitude sometimes, John said, pulling out another twenty and putting it down on the bar. Another Corona, and fill him up too. Thanks. Tell you what, 
Chad added. I'll think about that invitation. I can be an adventurous guy, but for now, go play your games. Chad said, sucking down another martini. I'm due at Lorna's apartment in a few. Tell her I said hi, and to stop trying to set me up with her friends. John let out a small laugh. Yeah, talk about being adventurous. She keeps telling me that she'd love to get it on with me and another one of her friends. Lately, Laura and I aren't having any fun. We're bickering, passing remarks. The sex is still great, but her attitude. We've been together almost two years. Maybe I was expecting more. I'm not sure what I want. He took out a twenty. Here's my tip. Chad put a hand on John's shoulder. Tell you what. You do what your adventurous side tells you. Maybe if it works for you, I'll think about your invitation. Okay? Chad let his mind wander back to the present and to the woman on John's arm. He wondered if she was from John's new club. If she was then perhaps he was missing out on... Chad pushed himself away from the table and stood. John was avoiding him. Chad knew his friend well when it came to women. However, Chad had to admit this one was different from the women he was used to seeing John with. This one oozed sex and class. But there was only one way to find out if what he saw was as good as she looked. He began walking towards John, finally catching his attention. He adjusted his black bow tie and continued to approach the couple. It was hard to read John's face, but the woman on his arm was giving him a dazzling smile. Chad became hesitant. He wasn't sure he wanted to open up this can of worms, but he convinced himself his intentions were innocent. He'd introduce himself, engage in some small talk, and nothing more. He'd be sure not to let history repeat itself. Years before, he'd fallen in love with another good friend's girlfriend. The results were disastrous. Chad didn't want to walk down that path again, so he pushed the idea of seducing John's partner from his mind. Laura's pretty face flashed before him. The threesome she mentioned never materialized. It seems she was teasing him. Before their breakup, he noticed she'd been slightly on edge, an unspoken awkwardness became obvious between the two of them. That feeling of comfort and contentment had disappeared. Why hadn't he noticed it all before? Before he got to John and his date, Chad reached the bar and ordered a martini. He downed the liquid quickly. Alcohol always managed to give even the meekest man nerve, even though nerve wasn't his plan. Subduing his desires was... He contemplated ordering another martini when he realized John was a few feet from him. He took a few steps, stopped before John, and said, Hello, John, and held out his hand. Chad, how are you? John asked as he shook Chad's hand vigorously. I'd like you to meet Cleo Davenport. John's hand came down on Cleo's in a reassuring manner. Cleo, this is Chad Henderson my best friend. Chad held out his hand, and Cleo took it immediately. Nice to meet you, Cleo, he drawled. A small, sly smile appeared on her full lips. 
Nice to meet you too, Chad. My, my. John has the most delicious-looking friends, she purred. Chad noted that her grip was firm and her smile was confident. The tip of her tongue slid out between her teeth, licking the bottom of her lip. The entire gesture was arousing, and Chad was sure it was deliberate. Cleo Davenport was smooth, very smooth. He had visions of taking her in the restaurant's bathroom and ramming his cock into her hard. He surmised that she'd be more than happy to accommodate him. Again, he had to push the idea of seducing her aside. As he shook her hand, he took in more of her. There was an air of sophistication which encompassed her. The perfume she wore was Chanel, and the dress, by the cut and style, was a high designer rag. Oh, she had panache and money. Perhaps not hers, but someone else's. And this woman didn't come cheap. Chad's reaction to Cleo Davenport disturbed him. He didn't want to go there. However, how much could a little flirtation hurt? It would be interesting to see her reaction to his advances. He'd pull back if she became agitated. Upsetting John wasn't a very smart move either. He gave her hand a reassuring squeeze back. Delicious, he repeated. That's an interesting comment and analogy, he said, letting his hand slip from hers slowly. She smiled. The slightly raised eyebrow over one eye was sexy and hinted to her interest. Although he could tell his friend John wasn't, and he was sure any prior invitations would be rescinded. Chad could sense the vibes, vibes that told him this woman was off-limits. Nonetheless, there was more in John's expression, a look of submission. Chad examined his stance, the way she held his arm, and the low, soft tones of his voice. This was a woman he'd met at his new private club, and now... He was sure she was referred to as Mistress or Dom. A sexy little sneer appeared on Chad's lips. How he'd love to get to know Cleo Davenport better. Yet, as submissive as John was, he was sure he'd have a fight on his hands. Perhaps it was a good idea to leave well enough alone and keep his distance from this alluring and sensual woman. Unfortunately, he felt an inexplicable draw to the dom. He remembered telling John he had no interest in his club. Still, after seeing Cleo, the wheels began to spin around in his decadent brain. John walked behind Chad to the bar and ordered two glasses of wine. Chad kept smiling while Cleo remained quiet, and yet he sensed more in her eyes. What table are you sitting at? John asked. Twelve, Chad answered. Cleo spoke up. We're at ten. Too bad, Chad. I'd love to get to know you better. John handed her a glass of wine. Later, said John. Later, answered Chad, giving Cleo a brilliant smile. John took Cleo's hand and looked to Chad. Was that a small sneer which appeared on John's lips? He knew that sneer. Was he telling him Cleo was fair game? Chad smiled back and nodded his head slowly. Oh yeah, he was sure 
there was more to come. Chapter 2 Chad sat at his table trying not to watch John and the seductive woman with him. His heart was pounding in his chest. He hadn't been this excited about any woman in a long time. He looked down at his plate, but then he smelled her perfume. He knew it was Carrie before she even touched his shoulder. Hi, Chad, she whispered in what he figured was her sexiest voice. Carrie Nelson was a cougar who dated men at least ten years younger than she was. He once saw her license and nearly burst out laughing when he read she was fifty-six years old and not the forty-six years she owned up to. Her husband was rich and had to have twenty years over her. It was a good arrangement. He had the trophy wife and she had her pretty boys. Carrie could also give a mean blowjob. It was one of her strong points. Why, it's Carrie Nelson. How are you? He asked, still looking at his plate. She bent down to his ear. Horny, I was wondering if you would do an old friend a favor. He raised his right hand to touch the one of hers on his shoulder. Sure, babe, name it. I've never been fucked in the coat room of a banquet hall. You game? Before or after the meal, he asked, smiling and squeezing her hand playfully. She was still bent down by his ear. Oh, honey, I hate being fucked on a full stomach. Have you done some detective work? Is it safe? A man? Yes. The coast is clear. Not a very classy place at all. Why, anyone could walk out with my full-length mink coat. Martin getting cheap in his old age? He shook his head slightly. It's his third marriage, so I guess it's old hat to him. I hear he did it for Julie. She's... What did he say? The love of his life. If I remember it right, so were the other two. Chad rose from his seat and took Carrie's hand and cradled it in the crook of his arm. My lady, he said softly, a good fucking awaits you. I knew I could count on you, she said, walking beside him. They stopped at her table, and she patted her husband on the shoulder. Carl, I'm getting some fresh air with Chad. You don't mind, darling, do you? Carl took a long guzzle of his beer. Nope, not a bit. She kissed him on the cheek. You're the best, she told him. They began walking across the hall. The coat room is down the hall from this room. Hurry, I need a hard cock inside me, baby, she said while holding his arm tightly. No problem, Carrie, but my cock will need some coaxing with that tongue of yours. Oh, baby, you know I love sucking cock. Just don't go off before you fuck me good. The blood had already begun to rush to his cock. Carrie held nothing back. When they found the door to the coat room, it was unmanned, so they looked around and slipped inside. Deep within the confines of the dark room, Chad grabbed Carrie to him and began kissing her. There was no soft preliminary kiss, their tongues sought out the others immediately. His hands found her breasts, 
kneading and squeezing them. And then he found each nipple, rubbing them to a hard, fervid state. He had her dress over her hips as he pushed her back onto the empty table. His hand found her crotch, and a finger slipped into her wet pussy. His fingers fucked her hard and found her clit with his thumb. His cock now strained against his trousers, and he was hot. One of her hands found his hard member. Oh, baby, you're there. Mm, I'll taste you now. She cooed while unzipping his pants. He moved away from her so she could kneel before him and take him into her mouth. Oh, fuck, Carrie. You are good, he said, catching his breath. His large hands grabbed onto her hair as he aided her in her quest. One of the tips of her fingers pushed into his ass, massaging him inside and pushing him even further. Fires ignited inside as he fucked her mouth. He held himself back. Carrie was heated, and he needed to bank her fires. He pulled her head from him. Carrie needed no further persuading. She hopped back up on the table, hiked her dress up, and spread her thighs. Chad rammed his cock deep, grabbing her buttocks firmly, and fucked her soundly. Oh, shit, she whispered. God damn it, that cock of yours is impressive. He now had her legs over his shoulders, and surprisingly, she could endure the position with such ease. God, Carrie, you are agile. Lots of practice, baby. Lots of practice. Uh, yes, harder. Uh, bring it home to mama. Yes. Yes. Now she was panting and her hands were gripping the edge of the table firmly. Chad obeyed her request and slammed his dick numerous times into her. Over and over again, he labored until his balls tightened and his cock jerked, coming deep into her. The tight contractions of her pussy assured him she'd enjoyed every thrust. Fuck she whispered, laying her head back on the table. You always were a great fuck. He had let a cheek rub against her leg, again surprised at the subtleness of her skin. You're not so bad yourself, Carrie. Man, when you said you were horny, you weren't kidding. No, I wasn't. The pickings have been slim lately, and Carl has been watching me like a hawk. Him and his goddamn money. Chad pulled his cock from her. Son of a bitch. I need to wipe my cock off. Carrie grabbed a coat from behind her, and she gave it to him. Here. She giggled. That's not nice, Chad said, wiping his cock clean in the lining. Really? Well... What the hell am I supposed to do when I stand? Your juices are going to be dripping out of me. The coat room was dark. Chad could hardly make out the coats that were hanging. He felt around and pulled what felt like a lightweight jacket down and handed it to her. Here, 
See if this works. She pushed it between her legs, and he helped pull her up into a sitting position. God, we're bad. I feel like a teenager. Jeez. Kids do shit like this. Do you know I never took my shoes off? It was fast, but damn good. That it was, he added, zipping up his trousers. I wonder how long we were gone. I don't want to get shit from Carl. He hit the small button on his wristwatch. Well, lady, exactly fifteen minutes. Just enough time to get some air. Then they heard a rustling. Oh, shit, Carrie whispered. Time to go, Chad said as he helped her off the table and pushed the soiled coats to the floor behind the table. Hey, is someone back there? A young woman's voice called. Chad took Carrie's hand and walked out of the dark room to the coat check desk. You're not supposed to be in here. Do you have your ticket? The woman asked. Chad pulled the ticket from his jacket pocket. The lady was looking for something she'd left in her coat pocket. Okay, the young woman said, smiling broadly at Chad. He leaned over to her and touched her slender hand. Thanks, love. The lady did find what she was looking for. Cool, she said, and sat on the stool beside the coat check desk. Next, he watched her pull a bottle of beer from behind it. Shh, she whispered, sneaking a sip. I'm not supposed to be drinking on the job, she giggled. He smiled back. I'll never tell, sweetheart. Nor I, added Carrie, holding on to Chad's arm. They walked away from the desk room and back into the main ballroom. You'll never lose your charm, Chad. Even that young piece of ass was taken with you. She was delicious looking, said Carrie. You do have a ferocious appetite, he said, leaning into her. You know, I can appreciate a pretty young pussy. Sex is sex, darling, and so is a good orgasm. I know what I like, and I know how to reciprocate. I think women are better at oral sex as a whole, she explained. Carrie, I could make you come all night, cock, tongue, or fingers. You name it. They were almost back to her table. Baby, you don't have to convince me. I've experienced your expertise more than once. She leaned closer. By the way, who was that stunning woman with John tonight? Wow, she was a really good seasoned piece of ass. You noticed, he answered. Oh, hell yeah. You know how I love John, but she looks far too sophisticated for the likes of him. Or has he gotten some class? You'll never cease to amaze me, Carrie. A lowly barmaid who managed to snatch a millionaire husband, and now you've become a snob as well. Will small wonders ever cease? He said, the sarcasm dripping from his voice. They were now before her table, and she let go of his arm. Darling, don't be cruel. She sneered before stopping for a moment and looking down at her husband. She patted him on the shoulder. He didn't even acknowledge her touch. Hmm. We all have a cross to bear, 
she said under her breath. Chad could only smile. She made her decisions years ago. Money or love. Money was obviously the choice she'd made. As Carrie took the seat beside her husband, Carl, he turned and looked up at Chad. Thanks for taking her for some fresh air. He extended a hand for Chad to shake. Chad did so without feeling any remorse or guilt. It was apparent Carl had no idea about their little illicit dalliance. But he had an idea he didn't care. Pleasure, Chad replied, and headed back to his table. When he sat down, the first course had already been served. He realized his little rendezvous had worked up an appetite. He smiled at the unfamiliar faces sitting with him and dug into his salad. Morning, beautiful. Mm. <laughs> Look at that. We are five seconds into the day, and you're already mad at me. Oh, don't you do that. Don't you give me any of that. Couldn't wake you up last night. You were way, way too asleep. Uh-uh. No, stop. Don't fret. Come here. Let me spoon you. Mm. She's fine. Hey, she's fine. I checked on her before I checked on you. <sighs> About two hours ago. Mm. Yeah. Just made sure, flopped her onto the other side, you know, flipped her like a pancake. She's okay. I'm okay. I know that you're going to tut and grumble and roll your eyes, but I mean exactly what I'm about to say. You look so much better waking up than most women do on their wedding day. You know, I think hitting your husband is called spousal abuse. I think you might have to go to jail. Let me get this. Let me just go, please. And away you go. No? Alright, maybe later. Something something penal system. I mean it, though. I missed you, baby. I did. I missed you, baby, and I missed our baby. And I missed being here with you very, very much. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm an honest man. I'll tell you the truth, okay? Uh, the first night was pretty amazing. <laughs> Uh, you know, after you actually arrive and check in and everything before I actually had to go to the conference, I was like, oh yeah, this is good. There's no crying baby. There's no chores. Oh, my pants came off so 
quick as soon as I entered in. I closed the door and ba-boom, they were off before my shoes. I had room service. I was like, yeah, yeah. I held on to that remote controller like it was Excalibur, right? Like, no, no man shall rule here but me. And I was like, this is great. And I went to sleep with a big smile. But, but, when I came home the second night, after a long day of having to hear this laugh, you know, this laugh, <laughs> that laugh, right, times a thousand? Yeah. Polite laughter <sighs> is the worst. So that second night, I come home, and, um, well, frankly, I was a little bit like a teeny, tiny, helpless puppy. Oh, it's true. Oh, it's true. Just raking my, just raking my paws all over the door. Just imagine the rain. Just, oh, please. Please, I'm so lonely. Let me in. I'm so cold despite my fur coat. Just like that. Just like, just like I'm clawing against you now. Just, I'm so lonely. I just want to love you. Seriously, though, it was awful. I hated every single moment of it besides the room service. But besides that, it was, you know, I'm serious, baby, I'm serious. I missed you so much. And I think that you're so strong. And I think that you're so brave. For not just kind of freaking out, being left alone here with the little devil this whole time. Don't hit me for calling her a little devil. I just checked on her. She has two horns. It's true. She's got a. She doesn't have diaper rash. She's got a little tail coming out the diaper on the back. One hundred percent. Hey, you knew. You knew there was a fifty percent chance she was going to inherit my sense of diabolique. So, you know, you rolled the bones, lady. Now you gotta lay with them. Mm. Speaking of lay with, don't you keep swatting away my hands. Don't swat away my hands. My hands are your friends. These are really good hands. Look at them. Just look at them. They're all big and gnarled and manly. Look at that one. That's Look at that knuckle. That knuckle's got hair. That's how masculine and amazing these hands are. Come on. Give it a kiss. Give the hair a kiss. Mr. Harry Knuckle demands that you give him a kiss. <laughs> of course I'm being silly. I haven't had any fucking sleep. I imagine you haven't had much either, but for some reason that doesn't make you silly. It makes you... <laughs> rigid. Ooh, she's mad. Oh, it's a good thing I have all this upper body strength. Otherwise, you'd get away from me right now. Uh, you know, I'm actually pretty sure if you tried, you would beat the shit out of me. Just saying. So, thank you for not. I missed you. I missed you. And I missed her. And I missed us. 
as in you and me. And I missed us, as in the three of us. And I miss this bed. And I miss the way you smell. And I miss the way that you're only grumpy in the morning. And I can tease you because you're grumpy. But you'll forget all about it within like three seconds of having caffeine. <laughs> yeah, I've got a pretty good beat on you, lady. You're screwed. You're going to have to deal with teasing for the rest of your life. Oh. What, you really want some dandy little poet talks about how you're like the sunrise? Or do you want a man who tells you that you're hot as shit and in the morning you smell like it too? Uh-huh. I suppose it doesn't say anything positive about me that even though you smell like that, I still want to fuck your brains out. Mm -mm -mm. Goodness gracious. Just how alluring can one wifey be? Come on. Come on, come on, stop fighting my hands. Let's make friends. Mm-hmm, let's make friendly, friendly, friendly friends. I know you miss me too. Mm-hmm. There is no way that somebody could put up with all of this abuse if they didn't miss me. See, your tits miss me. Otherwise, I don't think those nipples would be nearly as erect. Or are you going to say nuh-uh to that too? Oh, you are such a jerk. It's a good thing you're a very, very pretty jerk. I know, I know, but please. I was so tired last night I couldn't even take off my work shirt. And I was thinking about something the whole time I was gone. I mean it the whole time. You gonna keep joking or are you gonna hear me out? I was thinking it's been such a long time since you just slow-rode me. And I know, I know it's dangerous with the little time bomb next door. But I really want it. I do. I want you to unbutton each and every little sliver of my shirt. And I want you to pull my cock out. Get on top. Pull down on me. Let me just hold you by your hips and just long, slow ride me. Uh, see? 
Isn't it nice when we make friends? Mm. Mm -hmm. Now I mean it. I left the shirt on because I was too lazy. Not because I was trying to set up something super sexy. You know me. <laughs> I don't put that much effort into anything. That's why you married a man who was lucky. Uh, over one who has talent. Because luck always wins. I mean, look at who I got to marry me. Mm. Mm -hmm. I want you to kiss right there. And then use those perfectly painted little nails, let's pretend, to go ahead and undo the next don't thwack me, to undo the next don't thwack me button. And kiss me there. Oh. Mm -hmm. Of course I want you to keep going, baby. I want you to never stop. I have been looking forward to this oh, all the way home. Oh, I'm just so glad that that pussy loves me. I don't know how much trouble I would be if it didn't. There we go. Mm. Of course I'm a little bit thinner. I didn't have your cooking to come out to. Come on now. Open that shirt up. Mm. Still can't believe you were in such a deep sleep that I didn't wake you coming back. I thought that was really nice. And you look so sweet and so serene. I didn't have the heart. I mean, I had the erection. I just didn't have the heart. Oh, yes. Fuck. Look at that look on your face. There is nothing sexier than knowing a woman just loves your cock. Just loves it. Just thinks it's the best fucking cock in the world. Oh. I need to, I need to tell you a little secret. I know that you think I go away. And I rent saucy movies, and I jerk off like a monkey on a triple espresso. But, in all truth, though I did masturbate that first night, I haven't since. No, really. <laughs> really. Oh, don't doubt me now, woman. Uh, I may be a scandalous man. But I'm a scandalous man of my word. Mm. Mm. God damn. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. 
don't hurry it. Lean back a little. I'm serious. Spread your legs and lean back a little. Show me that pussy. Love seeing that pussy. Oh, and you go from confident to so shy <laughs> so quickly. Oh, man. That's perfect. Oh, yeah, of course. I want to see you play with it a little. Come on. Oh, show me that clip. Pull the lips back. There we go. Hi there. You and I are about to get better acquainted. See, I told her I was going to keep my hands on your hips, but we both know one of them's going to slide down and start playing with you. Oh, my. Oh, my. Mm. Oh, no, baby. Uh-uh. Don't put me in your mouth. I'll explode like a fucking fifth grader science experiment. Don't do it. You see how hard I am for you. No, just feel my balls. Just fucking... Oh, see? Fucking like water balloons. <laughs> well, like I said, you didn't marry a poet. You don't want me to talk about yonder eggs full of life. Come on now. Come here. Let me show you what to do with those hips. Uh, see? Rock them back and forth just like that. The only difference is I need my cock inside you. And I'm afraid if you put your mouth on it, I'm just gonna... Because I want all of that come as deep in you as we can push it. And the moment I'm done orgasming, I'm gonna lie you right on your goddamn back so you can soak it all in. waited so long it's almost painful. Fuck. I felt like I was stretching you open again for the first time. Oh, fuck. Ooh, we have to go, we have to go a little bit slower than that. Mm. I'll be quiet, I promise. Uh, if anything else, I'll just bite down on you to muffle myself. But I did lie. Come here. Give me your hands. Give me your hands. I want to lace my fingers with yours. Give me your hands. There we go. Lean forward a little bit. Put your weight on your legs, not just your knees. There. There. Oh. Uh-uh. You drive. I'll just keep my hips up. I like it. Oh, I like the way. You take my cock in and out of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? This is exactly what I wanted. I want to see that face looking down at me. Those beautiful white eyes. Oh, leaning into me. 
just like that. Since you are being such an accommodating partner today, I was wondering, even though you're in the driver's seat, could I, could I tell you when to make me come? I mean it, like tell you when to really start going for it. Yeah? Oh, fuck, I knew there was a reason I married you. Oh. <laughs> You're the most fun, most elegant fuck I've ever had over and over again. And even though I miss you very, very much when I'm not here, Oh, I love coming home to you. I love coming home to that pussy all warmed up. That smile just ready to break. Oh. You make me feel like a fucking king. You make me feel like a conqueror returned. Oh. Mmm. friends now. Don't you remember? You made friends. So now you gotta deal with it tapping gently from left to right. Just going like a pendulum over your clit. Just like you like. Just nice and slow. One, two, one, two. you to come on my cock, baby. I do. I need you to come on my cock before you come, so just close your eyes. Let me hold you up. And there we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck yes. Mm-hmm. One, two, a little bit faster. One, two, one, two, mm. 
Mm. That's right, baby. One, two. One, two. Low break. One, two. Faster than a break. One, two. Oh, one, two. One, two. One, two. That's right, baby. Fuck me a little bit faster while I'm fucking that clit a lot harder. Come on. There we go. There we go. There we go. Come on. Yes. Yes. Come for me. Shh. Come for me. Come on. Shh. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. Don't worry. You can stop pumping. Just feel it. There we go. Tighten around my cock. Feel me on your clit. There. 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 It's okay. It's okay. Oh. Oh my god, that was so nice. Oh, your fucking pussy is so wet. It's okay. I promise you didn't wake her. I'm listening, my little zombie. It's okay. <laughs> Because you're a little zombie, you're a little cock zombie. God, you are always so fucking down as soon as you recover. You're just like, well, I survived that, so here comes the heat. Ah. Uh. Mm. Oh, is it my turn, huh? I thought I told you that I was going to say when I'd get what I wanted. your lips to me when you do. I don't know if I can keep quiet. Uh-oh. Mm-mm. Fucking feels too good. You gonna make me come, baby? Yeah? It's fucking why I love you on top. That wild look in your eyes. You love making your man come. Uh, I'm just real fucking lucky I get to be him. Mm, you gonna make me come, baby? Oh, uh, 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 hey, hey, no, I didn't tell you you could do it yet, don't pout, don't pout, you just wait for that pistol shot, Oh, 
think you broke me. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just the way you kept pushing after I came. Mm, shut the fuck up. I'm rolling you now. Uh, deal is a deal. Shut up. Come here. Let me get you on your back. There we go. Mmm. Ooh, ooh, see, there's a little bit more you squeeze down. Right into your pussy. Come here, give me that kiss you owe me. Oh, that was worth saving up for. Oh, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But the only time I like seeing you more than waking up is right after I come. You know who you look like? You look like the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Mm, don't worry, the pheromones wear off or whatever the fuck they are. I won't stay this sappy. I know you hate it. Mm -hmm. mm, girly, girly, girly. What am I going to do with you? Stay awake a little bit longer. Because I missed you. Because mm. I missed you very, very much. Mm. I know you missed me too. You can't help but be sappy. You just got the A-grade stud juice, baby. Mm-hmm. That's what does it. It's not your love or affection or how we treat each other. It's all in the spunk. You got it. You're such a smart cookie. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I hear. I'm going. No. Hey. Hey. No. You lie there. Uh, Daddy's gonna be taking care of babies left and right today. <clears throat> it's just how it's gonna be. When I come back in here, you better be curled up on your side. Cause I'm gonna spoon you so hard, you're gonna wanna fork again. And I hope you enjoyed that piece. Ladies and gentlemen... A reckoning is about to happen where <laughs> there are too many questions.
there's a heat wave going on, so some background noise may appear. There's a snoring, dissatisfied cat somewhere in the background. She might break in. And because there are so many questions, I'm going to be scrambling a little bit. So, buckle up, because it is, it is question time, like it's never been question time before. First up, a question from Rosa. Hey Jack, I hope you've been having a good week. Uh, today is, over here, is the first sunny day after a long series of storms, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm in a pretty good mood Hooray. after all that rain and not being able to go outside. So I have uh, two questions for okay, you. Okay, let's do it. Um, first off, how do you get motivated for fitness when you just don't have the enthusiasm? Because <laughs> I'm trying to get exercise back into my life and... Some days I just I just can't bring myself to get out there. So uh, what do you do to get motivated? I wish that I had a motivation. All of the all of the drive that you see for content and writing and keeping up with you guys on the blog and everything else, that's that's where my motivation lies. I could not care less about fitness. Why am I doing it these days so I can become a hunk of hunk of burning love and uh, sell my body to you in slices, like covers and, and whatnot? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <clears throat> I recently heard an interview with a, uh, a very unusual story that I found very helpful of a guy who got physically fit in his mid-20s and then became a stuntman which, as you know, you have to be really physically fit uh, for that job. And most stuntmen, you know, were on that path from adolescence, uh, maybe even younger. And so here's here was the story of a guy like 25 who's like, oh, you know what, I'm going to get in really good shape. And then he's like, you know, now that I'm in good shape, I'm going to learn martial arts. And then he learned a martial art, and then he got a career out of it. And he's been a full-time stuntman for over a decade. Um and I just thought that was really nice. And he said something about how he has all this love. He seemed like a very loving and caring individual. It just came across. And he has all this love and he has all this uh, joy for the human experience and everything else. But that doesn't get him to the gym. And the only way he gets to the gym is if he goes, you're on the clock. This is your job. So uh, I've kind of been following his words. Next question by Rosa. My second question... Pretty basic. Okay. Have you ever been able to make a woman squirt <laughs> by yourself? By myself. Well, you were actually having sex with her. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've made many a woman <laughs> squirt with your audios, but that, that's beside the point. I hope, I hope that it. Sorry, I was blowing on my screen. There was yes. a hair on my screen. I hope that you're well and that your trip to Europe goes smoothly. And yeah, that's all I gotta say. Well, thank you very much, and damn that hair. Oh, Rosa, you're you're a little bit of a special one, aren't you? <laughs> thank you for the well wishes. Um, I do have a squirting story in 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 short supply of time today because we have so many questions to get through when there's a lack of questions 
somebody remind me about uh, it's a very painful story that you guys will laugh at because it's not happening to you. Uh, okay, up next we have the return of Gina. Sweet daddy Jack Jack. Oh no. I've missed you. Oh my is. god, I can't believe I've been away for so long. I've missed you too, baby. Oh, I feel like I've missed out on life. <laughs> but I'm caught up on most most of the audios. Most of the audios. Um but I have a couple questions for okay, you. Okay, okay. You know, me, they're random. <laughs> uh but my first one is what do you feel like is the ultimate waste of your money like is there something that you buy that you're like i I shouldn't be spending money on this wow that's a hard one because every i'm frugal so everything's a waste of money the only things that i'm willing to spend money on are equipment upgrades bedding uh because you use your bed so much and uh necessities so what's the alt to a frugal ass bastard like myself what is the ultimate waste of money i mean every time i see somebody with a drone i'm like oh go fuck yourself but that's a little bit jealousy right because i really want one i will just i will never buy one um but here's here's a quick quick story about how frugal i am when i was somewhere between five and seven I was taken to a train village, a miniature train village, and it was it was paradise. Like, adults were having an amazing time. And even then, I looked around, and I was all like, this, this could, you could do so much good with this money. So even then, I was a little bit of a freak. Second, <laughs> do you prefer cakes, cookies, or pies? Oh, my. Uh, if you're going to give me a sweet dessert, the one that I have constantly enjoyed the most is cookies in a brownie pan so that they're all square and rectangular. And uh, you can have the edges. I'm not actually an edge fan. Uh, <laughs> She's struggling. Next question. Uh-huh. I know, you I, know I had a lot of them as a kid that still make me a scaredy cat today, but do you happen to have any... Well, did you happen to have any irrational fears as a kid? And if so, what were they? Of course I had irrational kids fears as a kid. I was a meter tall. My IQ was well below room temperature. Uh, and I had no ability to defend myself. Of course I had fears as a kid. Uh, I remember watching a movie, I think it was called The Ghoulies, where there was a butt demon. A guy goes onto the toilet and a demon goes up his butt and kills him. And I looked into that toilet every time for years. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty big one. That was a pretty scared one. And then I remember, I remember everybody was afraid of monsters in their closet, but I remember sleeping in my closet because the monsters couldn't get me. But that was real young, I think. Real, real young. Next question. What's the luckiest thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> You are, baby. And, of course, because I'm a dirty girl, I have to ask. (laughs) What's the kinkiest request you've gotten from a sex partner, and did you oblige? And my last question. Okay, so, does it count if she was one of you ladies of the night, or did it have to be in person, would be my follow-up. And I'm not going to say it both ways, so I guess I'll just go with in person. The kinkiest... And I couldn't do it. 
the kinkiest thing is somebody wanted me to make them bleed, and I was like, I'm not doing that. Uh, and I didn't want to do it any step of the way, but I never said the hard no, and then we actually got to the implement in hand, and I was like, nope. Uh, second kinkiest, and I actually entertained it before I realized, oh, you could die from this, is there was a, who is it, some, it's not Somnambulist, because that's Sleepwalker, but the Sonam, uh, is going to be the prefix for it, but when you, when you put someone to sleep, uh, and you have sex with them, and I was like, yeah, yeah, there's chemicals, yeah, yeah, sure, and then I realized, oh, no, they'll die. They'll, my, with my luck, they'll die. I'm not a lucky man, and then I'll go to prison, and the Grey Knight will be Klaus von Bülow version 2. So, no thank you. For you is, do you feel like there's a difference between ordinary sex and making love? Mm. I do. Uh, okay. Wow, rapid fire. Yes, I do. And I think making love is rarer. I think having sex and just enjoying each other and being like, ooh, I'm attracted to you, you're attracted to me, is much more common. And then I think the occasional really intimate, like face-touching, uh, hair-stroking, obviously I'm doing this from the man perspective because penis, uh, but I think that's much rarer, absolutely, and wonderful when it happens. You want to say again, thank you, Jack, for all that you do. You are such a sweetheart, Aww. and thank you. Nothing. Just keep up the good work. Missed you. I missed you too. Yeah. Have a good day. Thank you so much. Welcome, Gina, once again to the podcast. All right, enough of those jerks. Let's go on to Fruity. First time, I think. Hi, Jack. Hello. So, I have two questions. Okay. One is, are you more afraid of, like, the unknown of the ocean or space? <laughs> and my second question. Uh, easy. That's an easy one, right? Like, I bet a bunch of people are like, ooh, oh, easy, so easy. Space. Space. If aliens meet us, they're not going to be nice. Wrote a whole pilot about it. Turned it in uh, last month. Uh, space. Cause, because we, cause we have no idea. We have no idea. We think we know. We have no idea. The aliens can come down and literally just look at us and then we explode. Oh, space a thousand times. What's in the ocean that's going to get me? It's going to be something that makes me drown. Oh, no. My second question is, if you believe in ghosts, <laughs> and do you feel other energies in your own house or different homes you've been to in different sorts of rooms and... If you have any, like, sort of... <laughs> I thought it stopped there. Paranormal... Oh, I have lots of paranormal Stories or ghost stories, kind of, that you've experienced that were kind of freaky or good, because some are good. <laughs> and, yeah, so those are my questions, but thanks for making your audios. They're awesome. Thank you very much for calling in. Uh... Boy, I've never heard a good, a good ghost story. Where's that one been hiding? Ooh, ooh. Oh, shit. It's a ghost. Yes, but I'm here to tell you your lottery numbers. Uh, no, no, I don't believe in ghosts. Um, I'm a very, uh, I think the word they use for it is positivist, is my, is my attitude, where I'm like, okay, so you, you showed it once, now prove it again. 
uh, is my attitude. And I, I read something somewhere once, I wish I could attribute it, but my motto is very much, an occurrence never merits a debate. Something that happens once isn't worthy of discussion. It has to happen again and again. Uh, flukes do exist, and weird things that can't be explained do happen, but unless they happen repeatedly, they're not phenomena. There's, it's not worthy of, of interest, and I know that's a heartbreaker, especially to the younger ones out there who are like, have you ever f walked into a room and felt energy? Yeah, once I walked into this room with shag carpet, and I got shocked as soon as I tried to leave it. Because, man, that static discharge, it builds up. Thank you again for the question. Up next, we have Chihuahua. Hey. Hello. Um, would you kindly tell us two truths and one lie about yourself? And what? don't make it too obvious. What? Don't tell us which is which. Okay. And just leave us hanging. Okay, two truths and one... I've not played this game in a really long time and never sober. Two truths, one lie, don't make it obvious, and do leave you hanging. Okay. All right. Oh, boy, what a fucking question to put me on the spot. Everyone's grinning. Everyone's looking at me and pointing and ready to laugh. This is, this is middle school all over again. Okay. Okay, two truths, one lie. One... Uh, I have had over 500 autographed books in my possession from different authors, different titles. Two, I once woke up in the wrong country because of alcohol. Three, I have on uh, no, numerous attempts attempted to skydive and chickened out every time. Balls in your court, ladies. All right, next up we've got Voyeuristic Ma'am. Hello again, sir. Hello Thank again. you for answering last time. Always. I came back with a magical number three. Okay. One, I enjoy how you have the awesome sexy time first, then the cool down where people can nerd out through <laughs> movies and books. It's really nice. Thank you. We gave you that idea. Oh, uh, it was a natural progression. Um, I, I am somebody who wants to put all of a kind of duty in a time slot so I can just knock it out. Uh, I started doing that because I read a biography of Napoleon Bonaparte, and I found out that he only opened his mail one day a month. And his thinking was anything that was unimportant would go away, and anything that was important would solve itself, so don't waste time opening and responding to mail every day. Do it once a month. And I, I really kind of absorbed that philosophy, and I was like, okay, I'll just do questions all the time on the podcast. And it's worked out so perfectly, hasn't it? Yes, I never get questions on the blog now. Two, I'm very curious as to how you discover your liking to daddy and little girl play. <laughs> Did one of your previous partners open you up to it? Maybe stories? Three... Yes. <clears throat> the short answer is yes. Um, okay, so here's the thing. I had a huge aversion to uh, rape play. I thought it was... I, I cast moral dispersions upon it. And bondage. And DDLG. And uh, even anal sex, which I used to call sodomy, and I wasn't even religious. 
And uh, at each of these crossroads, a woman with beautiful doughy eyes and... Uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say various skin complexions and uh, or skin tones and hair structures, which is true. But then I realized, ooh, that sounds kind of. Eh. So we're gonna step away from that and just say women of of different backgrounds have all just looked at me and said, "Oh, but Jack, wouldn't you like to do that with me?" And I went, "Huh? You know, when you put it that way." Three, what is your tolerance to teasing, not just in the physical sense, but with verbal degradation? I've dealt with many leader-like people who had zero tolerance for that. Too bratty for their taste. <laughs> just know I really enjoy your work, and I can't wait to hear more from you, sir. Thank you. Boy, that was a little militaristic, wasn't it? That was a little, that was a little, I feel like that was written down verbatim and rehearsed. <laughs> Which is so funny, because I'm just so free-willing here. Um, I think I have a very high tolerance for it. In fact, I don't think I could be in a long-term romantic relationship without somebody teasing me. And I get teased constantly, uh, all the time. I'm not a leader. I know that that may seem weird and funny to you, but I'm not a leader. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't lead anything. Just myself, and, you know, some days I stay in bed with the cat. So, what are you going to do? Up next, Killer Jane. Boom. Hello, Jack. Hello. This is Killer Jane slash Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Killer Jane. Um, Don't I slash Michelle. Hold on. Let me just stop you right there. Killer Jane, stop slashing Michelle. She's a perfectly lovely person. She does not deserve that. I have some questions for you after last... This last podcast didn't have any. Okay. I've been thinking about some. So, um, my first one is that you had mentioned that you like MST3K oh, yes. in a previous episode. I'm wondering if you have a favorite episode of that show. That, when this question comes up, it's like, man, come on. <laughs> there, there, I have so many moods that there are so many that are good. Do you want me to go through the timeless ones for me? Because I'll, 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 I'll do that. Um... No, I won't. <laughs> I will say that, generally speaking, I like the Joel episodes more than the Mike because Joel is more of a Horatian satire. Uh, it's more of a let's make fun of everything, and then Mike is much meaner, um, which is a big reason why I'm looking forward to the reboot of the show because Riff Jacks is great, but it does love to make fun of people for their appearance and uh, any wrong that they've done ever in Mike's eyes. So... That's the most boring answer ever. Uh, of course I fucking love Space Mutiny. Who doesn't love Space Mutiny? Who has not who has not watched Space Mutiny and not laughed their ass off? I, I really, truly question you. Uh, if you have not seen Space Mutiny, just type it into YouTube. It's all there for free, all 90 minutes. And you can watch puppets making fun of quite possibly the worst sci-fi plot ever written. One more, no, lots more from Killer Jane. Here we go. It's werewolf because of the horrible, horrible accents. Werewolf is a fun And one. the Estevez in it. Uh, and okay, so if we're just going to fucking throw out titles instead of asking me, uh, another one is American, was it Super Agent, Agent, Super Agent Special Dragon? Oh, I love that that one dunks on how stupid Americans are for like 
two straight hours. Oh, everything that he says, political or world event, that's a reflection of how stupid Americans are. It's like, oh, this is a lot of fun. And then what's the Norwegian one with the, with the, it's not skooma, but it's close. Because <laughs> that one's fantastic too. So I'm wondering what your favorite one is. That's Wait, my first question. I really, I really, I'm just going to pause it there again. I really biffed on where the end of that question was, guys. <laughs> I dove into the shallow end. Oh, um, another here we go. movie question. Here we are. I'm wondering what your favorite trilogy is. I have three favorite trilogies. The, for my first one is Back to the Future. Okay. The second one is my favorite. My second favorite is Indiana Jones, and the Last Crusade is my favorite of that one. And then my third favorite trilogy is The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> and wow. I like all three of those. Whoa. So I'm wondering if you have a favorite trilogy. Plot twist. Um, no one, no one has ever said Mighty Ducks was their favorite trilogy. You still count Indiana as a trilogy because I don't count Crystal Skull. Okay, fair enough. That's my second question. Okay, so that was question number two. Um, a, like a decade ago, when Clerks Two came out, like there was this real popular thing to go. There's only one trilogy, and my answer was always, "Yeah, it's called the fucking Godfather," and I stick by that. <laughs> My third question has to do with something I saw on your Patreon about Twitch. I'm wondering if you like to watch Twitch and if you have any favorite streamers. I have it on my second monitor constantly. I love watching people play games and chatting. I think it's one of the best things in the world. So that's number three. I have really... As, as my awakening has happened and I've dropped my my hashtag gamer status and be, tried to become a better feminist and better person, uh, Twitch Twitch has lost a lot of allure for me. It's really kind of a nasty little cesspool. Um, now, do I still think that there are wonderful people within Twitch? Yes, absolutely. Day9, I talked about pretty recently on the blog. I, I, love, I love him. I have a love for him and a respect for him. I think he's so uh, charming and his attitude is so good uh, that even if it was just a character he were playing while the camera was on, I'm like, I don't care. I love this character, uh, the real guy. Just don't murder anybody. But I, I'm not trying to harsh on anybody's thing because I love games, but Twitch has become this, become this because it's now the only game in town, um, Twitch has become this... Uh, do you appeal to angry young white guys who have no jobs? Because if you don't, you will never be a popular streamer. Uh, Enterprise, they don't have any interest in changing it. And it's like, oh, gosh, just everybody on there is so angry and so mean. Um, my fourth one is what TV show would you love to have its own channel? What? Like that show just ran 24-7. What? And if that channel existed, you would never have to watch anything else. What? Um, for me, that would be Launder SVU. I, I just mean, can't. I knew it was going to be a Law and Order because what other show can you just watch over and over again? Uh, I know people that watch Law and Order to fall asleep. In fact, there's a whole subculture of it. Uh, none. I mean, I know we're not to the end of this question, but the answer is none. That's why there's more than one TV show. Uh, the show that I've been able to watch the most for the longest is House, because I don't care what the medicine answer is. 
ever get sick of watching that show. So that is my fourth question. It's amazing to me. Uh, my, my fifth one is the sexy question. Okay. It is I noticed that you have, in every story, your lady is wearing panties. I'm wondering what you would do if you encountered um, a lady who was not wearing panties. I encountered women who were not wearing panties all the time. Uh, you'll also notice that there's sex in all of my stories. Uh, uh, the panties is a device because generally speaking, I feel like you're not putting on one of my audios when you're naked. Uh, in fact, I've done a little bit of market research on this one. And also, it's uh, not to get too much into the sausage making, but it's a way to say that I'm doing this to you without saying it that directly, right? Like, when it comes to one-channel audio, one-channel of information, audio, screen, um, boy, I just stuttered there twice. Just kill me now. Uh, when it comes to single-channel information, which is what we're doing, this is only an audio medium, uh, you have to be very direct in a way that, as a writer, I still don't like and I'm not 100% comfortable with. So I don't like saying, my hand's on your back now. So if I can find any other way to say, my hand's on your back, like, oh, you're a little bit tipsy. Here, let me stop you from falling over. Let me put my hand on your back. Even that makes me feel better because that's what I consider to be better writing. Um... So the panties is a device to say, here's where I am and what I'm doing. And then also, of course, I, I found from surveys and whatnot, uh, a lot of you are all wearing panties when you're listening to me, which is like, hey, you want to do more laundry? Just a curiosity there on my behalf. On the last thing that I just wanted to mention was that I love your work. And I will be listening to it forever, I'm sure. No. And Maybe. did you wash your pants in Windex? Because I could see myself in them. I. I, I totally just did the double guns, like, hey. <laughs> but you couldn't see it. <laughs> um, so I hope these questions are fun for you, and maybe I'll think of some more. And I hope you have a great week. Thank you, Killer Jane slashing up Michelle. Um... Well, how can I not have a good week after that? But I thought we put an, I thought we put a moratorium on the... <laughs> I thought we put a moratorium on the bad lines. Uh, I was going to say temporary kibosh, but that was my band name in college, so I can't say that now. Okay, up next we have, look at this name, uh, Deliciously Delicate Cherry Blossom. Maybe. Hi, Jack. Hello. I'm a new follower. Hi. And... I found your work at a time when I really needed it. Oh, thank you. I mean, hopefully. I have a question for you, and okay. I know there's going to be a different answer for everyone. Sure. But I need to ask anyway. A little background is I met a guy online about a month ago. We'd been chatting back and forth, and things got intense mm -hmm. fast. He said the L word, wanted to be called Danny and was talking about meeting. I tried to slow things down, but I can admit that I was too eager to please. Cybered. I sent pictures. Things broke down when he asked me to do something, and I did. And he nearly skipped aftercare. 
I had to ask and remind him that I needed it. And when he did, it felt perfunctory. It didn't help. He set a rule and then went back on it. Without missing a beat, in less than 12 hours, he was asking for more. He wanted to Skype. We had a fight and he got ugly. My question isn't, did I do the right thing? Because I know I did. But for future reference, how much trust should a little place in a new caregiver? Oh, hon, I, I know you're not asking if you did the right thing, but allow me to say that of course you did. Um, but I also want to say why I think you did the right thing, and that is you weren't satisfied. You weren't enjoying it, and you didn't feel respected. And I think it's really great and really good of you that you recognize that. Um, yes, I'm taking a very serious tone right now, um, but only because I identify with you. I, my heart goes out to you. I feel you. Um, you're asking a profound question, and, and you did lead into it saying everyone's answer is going to be different. My answer is always one of caution. There is an inherent and I think systematic within BDSM lie of, well, both sides need to watch out. Agreed. That's, but that's axiomatic. Everybody needs to watch out in every relationship, right? Uh, dominance can be abused by a sub, sure. But where's the danger? And the danger is a sub being abused by a dom. I've, I've said it before, and I'll keep banging this drum. In BDSM, in positions of power, psychopaths just, they just love it. It's the perfect environment for them. It is a place where they get to dictate, where they get to alienate, where they get to use and abuse and call it the rule set. And they get to gaslight somebody that they don't even know that well by saying, well, these are the rules. This, you want to follow the rules. I thought you wanted to. And it's, it's, it's just psychopath tricycles, right? It's training wheels for them. And it's really very upsetting to me, of course, that you had this experience, but also that you sound so hurt because of it. So my heart just goes out to you. Um, now that I've done all that grandstanding, how much trust should a little uh, place or any sub in any BDSM relationship, in person or online, in their newfound partner, as little as possible? And I know that that's hard, and I know that that goes against romance and fantasy and everything that you're seeking in a relationship like this. But I advise you, if you were my friend, if you were my partner, I would advise you to be cynical, to demand some level of proof, of respect, of, of you getting exactly what you want out of this because... As, as the submissive, you're the one who will be giving more. You, generally speaking, 
across the board submissives get from giving. But by giving, they expose themselves to more harm. So, take it slow. Be careful. Don't, don't think that because someone's using a magic word or because they are an authority, because they very well may be, uh, don't get me wrong, most are going to be pretending or are wearing fake authority, but maybe they have it. Maybe they really have it, but that's what they love. They love going through a new uh, sub every six weeks. You have no idea what's getting them off on the other side. So please, please, please always only enter into these relationships one foot at a time, real slow. Like it's a, just imagine that it's a lake. It's beautiful, it's serene, it can drown you. So go in real, real slow. Um, I hope that you're feeling better and uh, I hope that you don't take me uh, putting a highlight over your name as insincere. Uh, just keep going. I have faith in you and I have faith that you'll find someone that'll treat you a whole lot better in the future. Uh, hopefully this isn't too much of a shift in tone. Up next we have Allison. Hi Jack. <clears throat> yes, I heard your call on Tumblr for questions. I sure did call. Apologies for the shitty voice. Your voice is always lovely. Um, so I've got, I've got some questions for you and I hope you don't mind them. Um, okay, so first question. Tell me about your fashion sense. <laughs> Second question. Oh, is that it? Uh, I don't have one. Ba-boom. What keeps you awake at night? Third. Uh, I mean, since we're already in kind of a serious throw. Um, one Christian parable that did stick with me from my youth is hell is meeting the person you could have been on the day of your death. And that means a lot to me. Still, I, I do want to be a good person. I do want to find some success in this world. I do want to give back once I've found it. Um, and I feel like I'm making some pretty decent progress, especially in the last year, year and a half of my life. But I'm ambitious, and therefore it's never enough. So what keeps me awake is fear that I'm not the quote-unquote man that I'm supposed to be. Question. Brazilian. Yes or no, and why? Love a Brazilian. Um, I can't believe that they've gone nearly extinct. Everybody's either a little bit of bush or nothing at all. Uh, give me a good old landing strip any day of the week. Fourth question. Any fantasies you haven't tried yet, but you want to? I have a lot of fantasies I've not personally tried. I'm a little bit worried. Hopefully you can understand about saying what one of those might be in such a public arena. Uh, but there's no shortage. There's absolutely no shortage. And fifth question. What's the best way for us ladies to make you a happier night? <laughs> sorry, it's kind of short, and sorry for all the questions, but my voice is going to give out. Oh, so... I hope you feel better immediately. Um, goodness, goodness, goodness. Uh, 
Well, honestly, like for real, the thing that you can do to make me happy, no matter what's going on in my life, is, you know, taking taking the time to maybe spread the word. I'm not the best at self-promoting, as you know, so if you rate on iTunes, if you donate on Patreon, if you somebody set up a, a Facebook page for me, I swear I had no hand in that, and uh, gosh, what a what a feeling that was. Um, but I, I also know that not everybody has that time, so really a donation to the Patreon, um, responding or writing a review on iTunes, something like that. It always it always is nice. I've never looked at that, no matter what mood, good or bad, and felt worse, only better. So, there we are. Uh, up next, we have My World is Colorful. Hi, Jack. Uh, I hope you can understand my English, because I'm from Germany. And, yeah, okay. Very um, well. So, first, I really appreciate your work. Thank you. Uh, it's not only damn hot, uh, amazing and soul-stroking. But also, you are helping me to improve my English. Big thanks for that. <laughs> okay, uh, here are my questions. Uh, how many questions and messages you receive every day at Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube? Uh, ooh, I don't count on YouTube. I'm just going to admit that instead of, instead of faking it. I don't know how many I get on YouTube. I don't check. I'm sorry. I read the reviews. I, I don't check that. I'm not really into YouTube as much. Um, Tumblr, it's about 10 to 20 a day. A lot of them are, are repeats, etc. So, uh, you don't get to see them. And how can you manage this plenty of incoming questions? <laughs> how can I manage? Because I have to, baby. Because I have to. There's, there's no choice. I can't just give that up. And do you answer any private message? So, uh, thank you and have a nice day. All the best for you. Thank you so much. And I hate to make a stereotype joke, but boy, wasn't that efficient, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, ooh, I don't like that joke, and yet I made it. Um, do I ever answer a private message? Sure. Uh, but only when I feel like it. Sorry. No, no other rule to that. Oh, we're reaching towards the end here, but we have a blast from the past. It's our favorite babe from India. It's Moonshine. Hi, Jack. Hello. I'm going to ask you three questions. Oh, my. I apologize if no. they seem repetitive. Question one. Do you plan to publish books in the future? Question. I do. Now, do I actually get off my duff and write them? That's the next question. Um... I never really announce projects, or I try not to as well as possible, shouldn't say never. Uh, I'm working on a non-erotic book right now, now that screenplay season is over. I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I hope to tell you more about it one day, because it is, it is real dark humor, and I'm having a great time with it. Two, what other genre besides erotica interests you to attempt to write? Question three. Uh, I mean, I've made no, I've made no um, secret about that. I love one-hour dramas, and uh, since I did just mention um, pilot season, um, yeah, I've, I, I, I write one-hour uh, drama or dramedies, and I love it. 
I love a good one-hour drama on TV. Three, how do so many ideas come up in your mind <laughs> as none of your audios are repetitive apart from the series type? <laughs> I like, I love that little addendum on the end there. Uh, they are not except for the ways that they are. Oh my goodness, that's so much fun. Uh, always, always get a smile. Never apologize, always send questions. I just enjoy hearing you every single time, my darling. Um, <laughs> how do I get so many ideas? Uh... I, I don't know. I don't know how the rest of you don't. Uh, as a kid, I had a lot of ideas and it never stopped. There are always, always, always stories to tell. There's no end to it ever. Just ever. And I, I hope that's always the case. Thank you so much for the questions. Up next we have, I think this is her first time, Melissa. Hey, Jack. I hope you're well. First yeah, time caller, but I'm a listener, so I thought it was about time I asked you a couple of questions and right. stopped being so nervous. Hooray! So my first question is, if you could have the answer to any question, like you were guaranteed the answer 100%, what would the question be? What are my lotto numbers? All right, so we got the flippant answer out of the way. Uh, a real sincere question. I mean, I would, I would love to further humanity's uh humanity frankly uh i'd love to ask like is there life after death i would love to get the answer to that one um but then what do you do with it so it's not very useful i'm looking for utility here so i guess i would ask like what's the best way to be a better person like in general ooh look at that or like if we can ask very complex questions of the universe and get an answer back like Hey, I don't suppose I could get a schematic for really great cheap energy because uh, that would really elevate a lot of people in the world. What do you say? Um, but if it has to just be like a basic moral uh, centrist question and it can't be something wishy-washy like how to be better because what does better mean? Um, I, I would ask, what is the best way to love? Oh, I killed it. Oh, I nailed that question. Boom. Got it right between the eyes. And my second question, if you had to do, let's say, the last year and a bit over again, would you do anything differently based on what you know now? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I mean, I'd obviously do the project and everything else. I probably wouldn't have put so many eggs in the SoundCloud brush. Huh? Uh, I would have started up the Patreon sooner because I was really embarrassed to do that. And somebody actually suggested I do it right after Patreon launched, like within 60 days or so. And I was like, no, nobody would ever support me on that, for real. Um, I definitely would not have put any adult content up on the YouTube because we missed out on so many months of live streaming, etc. Uh... Yeah, yeah, those are those are the those are the easy ones, but I mean, I've no matter what I did instead of what I've done, it also would have fucked up. So, no, not not really, not in the grand sense because, you know, this is you've gotten to see me be so dashing. 
You've gotten to see me be so dashing and charming and just reacting to such hardship with such sexy, sexy grace. How could I take that away from you? So yeah, thanks for answering. Thanks for making such a positive impact on me. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Aww. And yeah, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. I love that little bit at the end because when somebody's just very nice and very sweet and says, oh, I love it, I just threw it away, but keep doing what you're doing. It doesn't sound like encouragement. It sounds like a threat. Ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to the end of this super question segment, and that's okay because we're going to go out on a wonderful note. Here it is from original superfan. It's Winch of the Scullery. Hey, Jack. Hello. I'm so sorry to learn more about how difficult things have been lately. Oh, no. Um, both with your project and with some really solid hits in your personal life. It's been awful, and you're amazing, and they're both true. Um, always best wishes for you. Thank you. Uh, three, three questions for your podcast. Oh. I know you've alluded to this in small bits, but I was hoping you could put it together in one package for us. How is the average day you're going to have in Europe different from the average day you have right now here before you leave? Um, secondly, um, I really want to make a one package joke right there, but I have no idea what it could be. How to give you one package, how to give you one. No, not coming to me. Oh, well. Uh, how's it going to be different is that I, I'm not going to be required to hold down a job over there. I've saved up money and I'm living rent free because I'm a bum. So there will be a lot more recording time and then there will be hopefully cavorting time uh, and just having fun and chilling out in the evenings. It is um, a difficult thing when it comes to creative work. There's kind of there's kind of two gears. And everybody knows the first gear, the actual work gear, the typing of the keys and the recording and all that. And then the second gear is blowing off steam. And blowing off steam is easier when there's nothing, when there's not uh, a timeline and you're not looking at the clock going, ooh, I have to get to sleep. When that vanishes, stress vanishes much quicker, at least for me. So both of those things are going to be in surplus, and I hope that makes things much more creative. Secondly, what what are you looking forward to most about the trip right now? What's kind of really sparkling for you? And third, honestly, it's a change of pace. It's a change of scenery. Uh, it's being a stranger in a strange land. That's always very romantic to me. Uh, I just I just really want to change. And, you know, three months of it are just going to be so nice. And I'm sure I'll get to, like, day 40 and be lonesome. But here's to those first 40 days, yeah? No, it's going to be real good. It's going to be real good. Right now, today, what's your greatest joy? I'd really, really like to hear more about that. <laughs> um, take care. My greatest joy is you, baby, but because you're not going to accept that answer. Uh... The project has kept me going. She, Winch there, alluded to things have been somewhat difficult for me in my personal life and 
It's it's true. When I look at the last six months, I'm like, these have been some trying times. There's been a lot of up and down. Um, but then also behind the scenes, some personal stuff, uh, some loss, etc. And the project has kept me really, really stable and sane. And I don't know if that sounds like joy to you, but to me, it's wonderful. To somebody who's very emotional and somebody who's very uh, focused on the nitty-gritty, having that stability at a time of uncertainty is a true, true boon. Joy and happiness, these are, these are big, grandiose, difficult terms that I struggle with, but what is my joy? There has never been a single day or a single instance in which somebody has said, uh, you've helped me, or you've made me feel better, uh, or I thought I was the only one that I turned up my nose at. I have always, always appreciated that about this project because while I do a lot of things expressly to be creative or to find more commercial success, um, a lot of the stuff I do is simply to make people feel better about themselves, namely uh, women to speak from a male voice to women to say, you're just fine. And every time I get an answer saying that I've achieved that, I feel very, very good. So there's really, there's two things that have always brought me joy. Uh, whew, what an emotional question journey that we had today. We went over we went over so many little peaks and valleys together. Thank you for joining me for it. I do hope you enjoyed the piece today. I hope you enjoyed everything about a little bit of this bigger episode. Uh, I love doing it for you. I really do. Um, you've you've no, probably heard a number of well, you didn't probably you heard them a number of uh, you're going away. That's not happening for another couple of weeks, and then there'll be a slight interruption in schedule. Knock on wood, just one week, but two at the most. Um, but don't worry, I'll be here, and then I'll be I'll be back. Uh, I really, 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 really enjoy doing this. Um, you couldn't believe how much more I enjoy doing this than you enjoy listening. On the worst day, this is still the biggest boon, and I hope you can hear the smile in my voice when I say that. Uh, wow, if you've made it this far, you've probably heard the spiel a thousand times before, but please rate the podcast on iTunes. It means so much. Uh, there is a Patreon, of course, if you want to further my work and my coffers. <laughs> uh, help me buy cheap European beer and uh, watch the nights fade away as I drink it. I, um... I've really, I've really had a wonderful time this last year doing all this stuff with you guys, and it just makes me really happy that you're so supportive and so happy for me, so, yikes, super emotional, uh, I think, I think we should probably cut it there before I start just crying, but thank you again, <clears throat> from the bottom of my heart, you're wonderful, you're a wonderful audience, nobody could ever ever ask for more. I will see you next week. Until then, have a wonderful rest of your week ahead of you.